It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Abby Hornacek. I'm Ben Dominich. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, August 21st, 2023. I'm Ryan Schmelz. The family of a U.S. service member jailed in an allied country are pushing for his release. This as a top leader from that country visits the United States. He's been in prison now for over a year, um, and the Alconis family have been uh, working with um, government leaders, with the White House, the National Security Council, um, and Congress to try to find a resolution to this tragic event that continues. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Hey folks, it's your man Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. A mother of three named Brittany Alconis gained considerable attention at this year's State of the Union when she came face to face with a commander in chief. I promise you, we're not giving up. Brittany Alconis pleaded with President Biden to bring Ridge home, a rallying cry she and supporters have used to raise awareness for Navy Lieutenant Ridge Alconis, who's serving a three-year prison sentence in Japan after being involved in a fatal car accident. With Japan's Prime Minister meeting with President Biden at Camp David, was any progress made? This from a rally outside the White House earlier this year. On Memorial Weekend um, in 2021, um, Lieutenant Ridge Alconis uh, was on a family trip in the middle of the day with his wife and children and dog. Had the whole family in the car going up to Mount Fuji just for um, a short little hike. We are speaking with Andrew Eubanks, a close friend of Alconis, who's been one of the advocates leading rallies outside the White House to raise awareness. Then on the way down the mountain uh, to go get lunch and ice cream, just in the middle of the day, um, he lost consciousness um, suddenly and without warning while speaking with his daughter. Um, tragically, um, while he was unconscious, the vehicle 
um, went out of control and went into a, a, um, restaurant parking lot hitting several parked vehicles that then um, a domino effect impacted um, some pedestrians that were in the parking lot entering their vehicle. Um, and sadly, two Japanese citizens died. Um, and we are, uh, you know, we pray for those um, victims and for their families and we mourn for their loss, um, which, you know, can never be replaced. But unfortunately, rather than being taken to the hospital to be um, evaluated, uh, Lieutenant Alconis was immediately arrested and put into solitary confinement for 26 days and denied medical care, medical treatment and, and evaluations, as well as access to legal counsel. Um, and was interrogated for hours and hours each day until he finally um, signed a false confession that they put in front of him in Japanese. Uh, that he was unable to to read, but that's what he needed to do to get bail to get out. And after that, uh, he was falsely convicted and sentenced to three years in prison. Um, he's been in prison now for over a year. Um, and the Alconis family, who I work with, um, have been uh, working with um, government leaders, with the White House, the National Security Council, um, and Congress to try to find a resolution to this tragic event that continues. And so based off what I was reading is that the Japanese government, or I should say the judges in this case, were arguing that, you know, he was negligent because, you know, he felt drowsy and did not ultimately pull over and decide not to drive his car forward. Uh, are any of those assessments fair or is there something that 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 they're not saying that's accurate here? Yeah. And so, well, when he was being interrogated after he'd been arrested and when he was being interrogated again in Japanese um, legal system, which is known as hostage justice, you're detained. Um, you can be detained without cause um, for several weeks and you're interrogated without a lawyer or a translator present. So that was the case with Lieutenant Alconis. Um, and he repeatedly told them that he was not drowsy um, or tired um, at any point. Um, however, when they put the this, you know, um, statement in front of him for him to sign, um, you know, despite him saying he was never tired, it included a, a, a line in there that said I was tired or fatigued, um, which he did not know existed in that statement that he signed. And we did not find that out until after he was released on bail and, um, consulted with his defense attorney. And how did, uh, I believe the, the the Navy had a separate assessment, too, which kind of disagreed with with some of what the Japanese government was arguing. Correct. That is correct. So he after he was finally released on bail, he did a full uh, run up of tests and evaluations with Navy physicians, a Navy physician and a Navy neurologist, both um, clinically diagnosed him with acute mountain sickness as the um, cause of the loss of consciousness on that day. Um, and that was included in his medical record and was submitted to the court as well. And they're not really considering this. It, it seems like just just that basically he's still going through with his sentence and, and ultimately there hasn't been a resolution. Correct. So the when he went through his um, trial and then ultimately through his appeal, the original judge in the trial said uh, disregarded the medical evidence and threw it out. Um, and pretty much used uh, her own judgment of, of um, medical conditions to make her own conclusion and disregarded um, what a physician had written. And so what has been going how did How did you end up getting involved with, with this? Lieutenant Alconis, who I'll, I'll just refer to as Ridge. Um, Ridge is a close friend of mine. Um, Ridge and I, we were both uh, missionaries in Japan. 
um, when we were younger. And so we both spent two years there learning the language and culture and really developing a deep love for Japan and the people there. And then we both graduated from the Naval Academy together. Um, Ridge has continued in the Navy, um, and I spent time in the Marine Corps um, before uh, separating. How hard is this for you to watch this go down? Because clearly you just said you have a love for Japan. You established a love for Japan while you were there. And to see your friend overseas there in custody, and as of right now, no resolution in sight for that. Is this tough on you? Um, it's extremely tough, you know, emotionally. Um, like I said, uh, you know, Ridge and I both developed a really deep love for Japan while we there, considered it kind of like a second home to America and to the United States. Um, we both have uh, served our country. You know, we both went to the Naval Academy, um, commissioned as officers um, because of uh, our belief in service to the United States and for freedom and democracy. And Japan has been a key ally um, it, in the Pacific and in Asia for, you know, decades now, um, who we work regularly with through bipartisan exercises. Um, and we provide a lot of support and protection for Japan, um, for their security. And so, you know, Japan with the love that we've had for Japan that we developed there as missionaries, and then, you know, the continued work that we both did, um, as service members, um, you know, we never knew that the justice system was this hostage justice system. We never knew about it or anything about it. We just there's so many great things about the country of Japan. There's so many wonderful things about their people and culture. And that's what we fell in love with. And then uh, when this happened, it was a huge just shock to both of us that uh, there was like this hidden side of 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 the the government of the culture that we just didn't know about and so it, it's been really hard specifically because you know we are allied with japan they are close um friends and partners to the united states and specifically for ridge you know he has spent his almost entire adult life serving japan as a civilian and a service member he volunteered to serve in japan um right out of the naval academy he spent full over four years there um, on assigned to a, a destroyer, um, patrolling the Sea of Japan and doing a lot of uh, defense work um, while uh, North Korea was doing a lot of missile launches during that time. Um, and then he got sent back to Japan, you know, several years ago, um, again, to protect U.S. and Japanese interests in the region. And so this has been really hard because there hasn't been a more um, dedicated um, officer dedicated to the U.S.-Japan alliance or a better ambassador for building relationships between um, the two services, uh, between the Japanese Maritime Self-Defense Force and the U.S. Navy. He's translated and supported a number of bipartisan exercises and had been a huge asset to building good relations in the community there. We have been speaking to Andrew Eubanks, who's been on the front lines pushing for Lieutenant Ridge Alconis to be brought back to the U.S. More after this. And that's, I think, something that stands out about this case is that, you know, if, if something like this were happening in, in either Russia or maybe a country that's more adversarial to the United States, I don't think this would surprise a lot of people. But this is happening in a place where there is Japan is a strong ally to the United States, yet there's been this major difficulty in trying to get find find a way to get him home. Do you know what's that, that big roadblock that's preventing Ridge Alconis from being able to be transferred back to the United States? Uh, you know, I, I can't speak for the Japanese government or the Japanese people, um, but I do believe, you know, there has been 
over time, over the history of, of U.S. service members being stationed in Japan, there have unfortunately been cases of heinous crimes that U.S. service members have committed at times. Um, and those service members were rightfully you know, arrested, convicted, and imprisoned for those crimes. And I think sometimes that those crimes have um, left you know, a bad perception of service members in the country among some of the people and some in the government that perhaps have led to uh, a prejudice against um, service members in general. Um, and so, you know, there's cases of um, driving under the influence, um, hurting people through traffic accidents, through negligence or malicious intent. Um, but that was not the case with uh, with Ridge. Um, he there was no alcohol or drugs ever suspected in this case. Um, there was no malicious intent ever suspected. Um, and so, you know, it truly was an accident by someone who just loves Japan and loves the people. The last thing he would ever have wanted would be to hurt you know, someone, an innocent person in Japan. And so that's why this has been such a hard thing to to take and to try to understand and, and process. Um, but it, it's really hard to see. Um, we have a couple of suspicions of maybe some things that led to, you know, this sentence being the way it, it, it turned out, but, you know, nothing that we could prove with hard evidence or, you know, support in a court of law. So. And have you had any type, what kind of communication have you guys had with, you know, the administration or any, any, members of the diplomatic community in terms of bringing him home or potentially having some type of negotiation in bringing him home? So we've um, we're in regular contact with members of Congress, um, Democrats and Republicans in the House and the Senate. Um, I think as as Fox has covered before, you know, we've been in regular contact with Senator Mike Lee of Utah, um, Rep. Mike Levin of California and Rep. Nick uh, La Loda of New York. They've been really stalwart supporters this entire time, and we communicate with them regularly um, on this issue. Uh, we've also communicate regularly with the National Security Council and the White House. Um, Ridge's wife, Brittany, um, and I met with Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor in the White House last October, um, and Brittany met with him again several weeks ago. Uh, we're, we speak with the White House and the National Security Council on a somewhat regular basis um, about the situation and where things stand. Um, unfortunately, there just isn't an end in sight at the moment uh, where we feel like there's a, really a resolution to this tragic situation. And do, do you feel they're handling the situation the best they can or could there be more done? Well, I would say until Ridge is back on U.S. soil, there's always more that could be done. And I think Brittany Alconis has been very outspoken um, on her um, perception of things from the very beginning, whether you know she's been on a number of uh, morning shows with Fox News, um, Fox and Friends, um, as well as a number of other national media outlets where she's been very outspoken of her criticism of uh, the Department of Defense Um their role in this, as well as uh, her frustration with the the U.S. government and not, you know, having achieved uh, a resolution yet. What would you like to see them do to make this to have that end in sight, like you just mentioned? What we've been asking for for months now is for a prisoner transfer under the Council of Europe Treaty, which is an international treaty that Japan and the United States are both. Um, a party to um, the Council of Europe prisoner transfer treaty allows for prisoners to be transferred back to their home country. Um, it's a treaty that has been used regularly throughout the international community that Japan and the U.S. have both used 
um, extensively um, a number of times over the last 20, 30 years. And so we see this as the um, the easiest um, way for Ridge to be transferred back to the United States to get back on U.S. soil and where he can be closer to his family, where he'll be able to see and communicate with his wife and children more regularly. Um, and we see it as the humanitarian and compassionate thing to do for Japan. Um, you know, it's a it's a legal way to send him back. We're not asking for some special favor. We're not asking for some miraculous um, release of Ridge or anything like that by the Japanese government. This is a constitutional um process that japan can do through a treaty that they are a part of and at this point they've refused to do that and so you know we continue to plead with them and for the u.s government to negotiate that transfer so that it can occur as soon as possible and any optimism anything came out of the summit this weekend you know obviously the president met um with um Prime Minister Kishida, as well as the Korean um, president um, at Camp David, we um, had no expectation that it was going that this situation was going to be brought up there. And we have not heard anything, um, any updates from Camp David that that did occur. Andrew Eubanks, I know this is a lot for you, but we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us here on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.